0: Welcome to BYOB, the Bring Your Own Book Podcast. I'm Kelly.
1: I'm Tilly. And
0: I'm Nikki. This week, we're talking about From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout, which was published in 2020. I am extremely excited to talk about this book because, as Tilly and Nikki both know, I have been begging them to read this since I read it last September. So I can't wait to finally get in and talk about all the crazy things that happens. So just a quick heads up that this book contains graphic violence and explicit sexual scenes. So we'll probably be discussing some pretty adult themes. So mom, dad, please don't listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. Thanks for your support. Please don't listen to this one. (laughs) Here's the publisher's synopsis from Nikki.
1: A maiden chosen from birth to usher in a new era Poppy's life has never been her own. The life of the maiden is solitary, never to be touched, never to be looked upon, never to be spoken to, never to experience pleasure. (laughs) Waiting so much. (laughs) Sorry. I just keep thinking about my parents listening to this. (laughs) Waiting for the day of her ascension, she would rather be with the guards fighting back the evil that took her family than preparing to be found worthy of the gods but the choice has never been hers. A duty. The entire kingdom's future rests on Poppy's shoulders, something she is not even quite sure she wants for herself, because a maiden has a heart, and a soul, and longing. And then Hawk, a golden-eyed guard honor-bound to ensure her ascension, enters her life. Destiny and duty become tangled with desire and need. He incites his anger, makes her question everything she believes in, and tempts her with the forbidden. A kingdom. Forsaken by the gods and feared by mortals, a fallen kingdom is rising once more, determined to take back what they believe is theirs through violence and vengeance. And as the shadow of those cursed draws closer, the line between what is forbidden and what is right becomes blurred. Poppy is not only on the verge of losing her heart and being found unworthy of the gods— but also her life when every blood soaked thread that holds her world together begins to unravel. Oh, wow. So much happening already.
0: Yes. Tilly, please tell everyone about the drink we've chosen for tonight. <laughs>
1: Sure. So tonight we're drinking a lovely apothic red wine. It's got this lovely gothic looking label and it's just a rich, nice red wine. We felt it was appropriate given all the gothic and bloody imagery in this book and in the title of the book, you know, from Blood and Ash, you get it. Um, Plus there's also this dark and dangerous romance and what goes better with that than uh, red wine. So let's have a sip.
0: Yes. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Ooh. Robust.
0: Oh my gosh. It's so nice because I usually drink white wine, but
1: it's same. so
0: smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't oh, yeah, have like the, the same kind
1: of flavor as red wine usually does.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice. And mm-hmm. everyone, <laughs> the bottle is beautiful and not too expensive. So, because as we've said before, the cheaper the alcohol, the better it usually tastes. Am I right or am I right? So... <laughs>
1: In our very, very cultured palates. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So why don't we get into our five star ratings now? We all have our own reasonings for the different ratings we give. So, yeah, I'm going to kick this off since this is my <laughs> obsession. Um, I gave it a five out of five. Shocker. I know. Uh, I have read this book two and a half times I say two and a half because I am I guess two and three quarters. (laughs) I'm currently rereading it because why not and I wanted to prepare for this episode even more. (laughs) (laughs) I just oh my god, I picked this book up. Well, I picked the sequel up by accident first and I was like this sounds so good and then I found out it was a sequel. So I picked up the first one first. (laughs) I read it. I loved it. I was totally obsessed. Then I picked up the second one with like immediately. So I read the first two in three days. I've already read the third one. Loved it. I love the action. I love Poppy. I want to play Poppy. If there's ever a movie or a TV, hit me up. I am not unionized. <laughs> I'm cheaper for you to book. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love Hawk. I think, oh my gosh, Jennifer L. Armentrout, I've never read any of her books, but I think she, I think this is her bread and butter. Like, I think she writes a lot of paranormal fantasy uh, or paranormal romance books. And it was just so well done. I loved the action. I love the romance. I loved the political intrigue. It just kept me wanting more. And I still want more. And I am still as obsessed as I was day one. So five out of five. Can't. Put it down. Tilly, would you like to go next?
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I had a great time reading this book. I kind of had a bit of a complicated journey with it, where I started reading it, and I was really not into a lot of the language. I was confused. I there were a lot of tropes that were starting to annoy me that just come up. They're like, you know, personal pet peeves. Um, but by the middle of the book, I was like all in. I was like turning the page, couldn't get through it fast enough. I was so excited to keep going. I was really into the main couple and I wanted to know more and more. And then at the end it disappointed me again. So if if my experience reading the book was like a graph, it was like just a little, you know, steady up and then steady down, it was just a oh, bummer. No. But um <laughs> Um, but it's okay. And I still want to read the second one. I think um, the more I think about it, the more I think the ending just blindsided me. Mm. So I didn't like it in the moment. But looking back, a lot of the the big twists that happened near the end explain a lot of the stuff that I didn't like at the beginning. So uh, I ended up giving it kind of like a 3.5 out of 5 stars. I think it was kind of weak on the fantasy side of things. But the romance and like the interpersonal relationship side of things was really good um so yeah that was my experience with it definitely want to keep reading if you like kind of a really smutty fantasy book then this is the book for you
0: <laughs> who <will> does say,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> well i will say in terms of the series this one is probably the least smuttiest of the three it does wow. ramp up
1: there were like six yes. sex scenes in this there was oh, one in I the first quantity. chapter Oh, okay. Oh,
0: I mean, the quality. Like, it goes... Oh, I see. Like, this one kind of is a slow build of the the um, graphicness, I guess, mm-hmm. but as you go on the series, it
1: gets a different level. But anyways, Nikki. <laughs> Thanks, Tilly. <laughs> yeah. So, I gave this book a five out of five. I went into it the first 50 pages, and I was like, Kelly, what the fuck is this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> This writing is so bad. And then it got to the kind of first encounter, which is very early on in the book. It's probably, yeah, like 50 or 60 pages in, if. And I was like, I'm not here for the writing. That's fine. <laughs> we'll just keep going. And I could not put this book down. I think I read it in three days yeah, or something. I... Sped through it and then immediately bought the next book and started reading it when I was done the first one. I loved it. I liked the twists and turns. I found myself getting really anxious throughout the whole thing, though, being like,
0: they're yeah. never
1: going to tell each other how they feel. And I'm like, the whole point of this is that they're probably eventually going to end up together. So why are you stressed? about that part of what's going on because there were so many other stressful things happening in the book that Mm. you actually don't really know how they're going to turn out but i was just so focused on poppy and hawk being together that all the other things i was just like secondary they're secondary (laughs) (laughs) that is kind of how i ended up feeling too where i was like able to forgive a lot of the weaker elements of the writing or of the story because I was really invested in the couple. Yeah. She wrote them
0: very well together. And she I think. Did, like all silliness aside, she did write them very well. Like even I was talking to you both about just the tension that she builds. It's mm-hmm. so well done that I can forgive some of the strange names that I don't really like, or the names that are <coughs> similar to other names or, you know, because I also said to both of you, I'm not reading it for the pros, okay? Like, it's a fun read. It's very bingeable. It's very fast-paced, which I love. So, yeah, I totally agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I was writing my notes about it, and I was thinking, you know, was it a perfect book? No. Did I have a really great time reading it and couldn't wait to sit down and read more? Yes. So Mm -hmm. even though there were these, like, logical inconsistencies and just, like, pacing kind of problems... The middle was so awesome with, like, the love story and the, and the growing intrigue. And then I was, you know, fine with all the, the twists and turns were very exciting at the end. There were just so many of them. And I just kept going, like, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, oh, holy <laughs> crap, what? And so, and that was all delivered in, like, info dumps. Like, it was so much of just, here's Hawk explaining every single thing that just happened, rather than, like, showing us which bothered me a little bit, but because it's just harder to take in, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that irritated me with just kind of the trope that Mm. kind of carries on throughout the book. I think maybe I'll get into it more in the spoiler so I can be a little bit more specific, but there's just the way that information is brought to you is the same format every time. Yeah. And it has to do with character development Mm -hmm. And that irritated me a little bit because I was like, have you not learned your lesson already? (laughs) Like, come on, it's been like five times that we've done this. Like, let's just grow up a little bit and talk about our feelings, please. Or like, whatever. So, Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah. Yeah, I find it's very hard to talk about this book without giving away spoilers because – there's so many loose ends that are connected. And then when you find the answers, they are huge twists or they affect other things that you didn't know the answer to. So this is why this po- this portion of the podcast is very general, because <laughs> even when I was trying to recommend this book to other people or to Nikki and Tilly before, it's so hard to talk about what is this book about without giving away a lot of info. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, I found... I found the pacing very fast. I I wasn't bothered too much by um, the way it was written, but I I do find the info dumping hard to get through. And so one of my complaints or gripes about this book is that I wish there was a glossary or something in the back. Yeah, especially as the books get more and more developed and like there's more info. There's so much more info in the other two books that I'm like, oh my gosh, Watch, like, I need to make a family tree. I need to map everything out. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite intensive, but I just, I loved it. I was totally brought into this world. I'm not exactly sure when, if you can even put it in a time period. Like, when is this? Because it's like medieval, but not. But I don't care, honestly. (laughs) It's not Earth, you know, like, it's a whole other realm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's electricity, but some places don't have electricity. Some of Who the knows? language is a little modern, but sometimes I, when they
1: describe the clothing too, I was I'm just like so confused. Yeah. Maybe that pertains more to the second book, but there's just like certain certain passages where I'm like are they just wearing like normal like clothes from today? <laughs> <laughs> the modern language really started to get to me too because so much of the setting seemed to be kind of like medieval inspired and then people were saying words like random and okay mm-hmm. and i don't know that it just kind of like they stood out to me for a weird reason but that was it's something probably, that was said a lot that's yeah. a really random question yeah <laughs> somebody should have read the book and been like you need to take out five times that you say that because nobody says it that much of course she has random questions Look yeah. at what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and it's probably worth mentioning as well, like props to Jennifer L. Armentrout because yeah. she has pumped these books out. Yes. The so first one came out in 2020 and there's already two sequels out already. There's three books in total and it's only yeah. May 2021. So whatever she's doing, she's obviously like able to churn them out. And so whatever kind of editing flaws I think is probably due to the speed. yeah.
0: Yeah, the first two books came out within months of each other. And then the third yeah. one just came out on April 20th of this year. So she's been pumping those out. Thank the gods, Jennifer L. Armandrout. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I just, I cannot wait. There's going to be three more books in this series and wow. also a spinoff book in Hawk's point of view. Um, And there's also a companion series coming out in October. October 19th is when I believe it's A Shadow in the Embers comes out. And I am so
1: excited. (laughs)
0: Late birthday gift for me to myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Do we
0: want to get into some book recommendations? Yes. Okay, I'll go first because I feel like mine's probably the most obvious. And, you know, whatever. (laughs) My uh, recommendation, if you liked this book, or if you liked the book, I'm going to recommend you will like the book that we were talking about today, uh, I would recommend Sarah J. Mass's A Court of Thorns and Roses. I've hmm. only read the first two books in that series, but it's very similar style, very similar themes, um, not so much of the maiden purity themes, but just fantasy romance. There's different creatures, there's, I, there's like fey creatures in a Court of Thorns and Roses, or Aqatar, as people call it, um, but it it was fast paced, very bingeable. That's what they call it, Nikki. Sorry, that's
1: just so stupid.
0: <laughs> well, we it's call the it acronym. F-A-A. Yeah, I know. I hate it. <laughs> well, I didn't make it up. Okay. I feel
1: so, like it's just easier to type out than A yeah, Court of thorn- Thorns and Roses.
0: <laughs> it's hard to say. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. It sure doesn't. Sarah Day Mass. Okay. But anyways, I read the first two. I enjoyed them. They're very bingeable, sort of the same vibes. So that would be my recommendation. And I also want to just quickly say both of these books, I would not say are young adult, even though a lot of the times they get placed in the young adult Mm -hmm. categories. Mm -hmm. I don't agree. I think it is very, very steamy (laughs) for a young adult to be reading. And dark, too. Like There's a lot of intense stuff that happens. I think this book is darker than Akatar.
1: But I haven't read Akatar, so yes. Yeah. But that's my recommendation. So Great. I don't really have good recommendations. Okay. Do you all have bad of, ones? Well, all yeah. of the books this reminds me of are bad. Like oh. Twilight well, you can say, and oh, okay. Um like The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> mm. But if I was gonna pick a book series that I like now Mm -hmm. i think that i would recommend the cruel prince series by holly black it has a lot of the same kind of vibes there's that Mm -hmm. same gruesomeness to it there's the tension it doesn't escalate nearly as far as these books because that is really truly a ya Mm -hmm. book but there is still some like a little bit of like steaminess that's adolescent appropriate i don't know um But yeah, I, I really enjoyed those books. And I think that if you like this and you like the fantasy aspects of the book a lot, you would really enjoy The Cruel Prince.
0: Great. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, that it did come up for me as well while I was reading this book, is that it reminded me of a Cruel Pr- The Crow Prince. But I actually have three other recommendations. Is that Ooh, okay?
0: Oh, yes, because yeah. I want to know. I want to read Okay.
1: <laughs> these are the three books. I, I mean, I felt like reading from Blood and Ash reminded me of a lot of books, but these were the three ones I think were top of mind for me. So I think the absolute first one I would recommend is Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. Um, which I think has a lot of similar elements. You know, there's this female protagonist who is the chosen one, but she doesn't understand all her gifts or her destiny. There's a dark one slash darkling. Like, literally the names are similar. (laughs) There's lots of scary creatures. There's this love interest that isn't all he seems. The main character has to make all these terrible choices. I really think it's a similar kind of vibe. So that would be my first recommendation. Um, My second one is A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Uh, So again, features a protagonist with these unique abilities who is kept isolated in a palace and wants to escape the boring life that is chosen for him. Um, That one also has lots of adventure and magic and like all these dark forces trying to take over, Um, but definitely not as much like romantic stuff in A Darker Shade of Magic. So just Mm -hmm. if that's what you want, maybe that's not the book series for you. There's a little bit of it, but it, it happens later. And then the third one is a lot less similar in tone, but in content. Uh, I would say it's very similar, which is Soulless by Gail Carriger. Uh, it's a supernatural slash kind of fantasy romance. Again, it's set in this alternate Victorian steampunk London, which has integrated cool. vampires and werewolves and ghosts into their society. Oh. So, nice. like, they're kind of the upper level, the upper crust are, like, vampires and werewolves and there's, like, a lot of steamy stuff that happens in the first book. And you have got a really feisty female heroine. It's really fun. So, Ooh, not I dark at see. all. That one's, like, very light and fluff and, like, very silly, but lots of fun. Um, it's almost as if Jane Austen wrote supernatural uh, romances. <laughs> like, it's got that kind of comedy of manners feel to it. Ooh. So, those are my three recommendations.
0: Ooh, I awesome. love that. I want to read that. I have, I've read Shadow and Bone, and I have a darker shade of magic, as
1: you know. Yes.
0: <laughs> she tried to buy it for me for Christmas, but I was too fast for her. <laughs> yes. And uh, now I th- have. That's it. the problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem buying books for book lovers you gotta really stay on top of it
0: (laughs) all right everybody we're gonna move into spoiler territory now so if you haven't read the book and don't want to know about how everything turns out you should probably stop listening now but hey if you like what you're hearing feel free to leave us a rating or review on your podcast app of choice so if you don't want any spoilers you should leave now okay (laughs) We'll begin with a quick recap of the rest of the book so we're all on the same page. Get ready, folks, because it's a
1: long and twisty one. So, as we know from the synopsis, this is a fantasy, supernatural romance novel set in a kingdom where the wealthy and privileged are all ascended, beautiful and powerful immortals. In this world, each family's firstborn child becomes a lord or lady in wait to the ascended. The secondborn child is chosen to ascend and third- or fourth-born children must be given in service to the church. So the story follows 18-year-old Penelope Balfour, nicknamed Poppy, who was chosen from birth as The Maiden, a revered figure who is destined to serve an important purpose for the Ascended. She has spent her life hidden away in a castle in the care of the Duke and Duchess Tierman. There are many dangers outside the castle, including a strange mist which hides horrifying, bloodthirsty zombie creatures known as the Craven. Once a human is bitten by a craven, they are cursed, and it's only a matter of time until they become mindless craven themselves. The city is protected by a large wall called the Rise, but craven attacks are a regular and deadly occurrence.
0: Poppy has a lot of rules in her daily life, and she is constantly controlled by the Duchess and often punished by the sadistic Duke and the creepy Lord Brandol Mazine. She is forbidden from showing her face or speaking to anyone except for her only friend, a lady in wait named Tawny, and she wears a heavy veil whenever she has to leave her chambers. Under her veil, she carries large scars across her face and body, terrible memories from the craven attack that killed her parents when she was young. She also has a magical ability to feel other people's pain, though she is forbidden to do anything about it.
1: Despite all the archaic laws imposed upon her, Poppy is a willful and quietly rebellious young woman, and she takes every opportunity she can to break the rules. She learned to fight and defend herself from an early age from her kind older guard, Victor. Poppy also uses an old servant's entrance in her room to sneak out and experience a city as much as she can. The book opens with one of Poppy's risky adventures. She snuck out of the castle and is playing cards at the Red Pearl, a local gambling den and brothel, when she is forced up into the upstairs chambers to hide from her guard, Victor, who is sure to see her through her disguise. But the room she finds herself in is not empty, as she had thought, and she comes face-to-face with the handsome young Hawk Flynn, a royal guard she has often admired from afar. After mistaking her for someone else due to her borrowed cloak, Hawk teases
0: and flirts with Poppy, and eventually kisses her. (gasps) As the maiden, she is never allowed to be touched, so while she is scared of being found out, she is curious and undeniably drawn to him. Their chemistry is electric, boy is it ever, but they are interrupted after a few kisses, and Poppy flees before
1: Hawk can see her face or find out who she really is. Meanwhile, there are rumblings of civil unrest in the city as the Craven attacks increase, and a new group of rebels called the Dissenters appears, following an ominous dethroned prince called the Dark One, and challenging the rule of the Ascended. After a lady in wait is found brutally murdered and drained of blood at a large party in the castle, there are even rumors of an atlantean in their midst poppy is determined to find out all she can about the mysterious atlanteans and she secretly reads up on them though they look otherwise human atlanteans have two sharp canines and immense strength and they bite mortals and drink their blood to survive creating craven in the process long ago when they lived in atlantea they also used to form bonds with the extinct wolven half men half beasts The thought of a dangerous Atlantean roaming the halls of the castle puts everyone on high alert. One night, while out in the garden with her personal guard, Rylan,
0: Poppy is the target of an attempted kidnapping by a man with unnerving abilities. Though she is able to fight him off, her guard Rylan is sadly killed. Poppy later finds out that the arrow that killed Rylan was marked by the Dark One.
1: After this traumatic event, Poppy is surrounded by guards as the Duchess fears that the Dark One will make another attempt to kidnap her and ruin all of the planned ascensions that are tied to that of the Maiden. Among Poppy's new personal guard is none other than Hawk Flynn, and she fears that he will recognize and expose her from their fateful night in the Red Pearl. But Hawk is not like anyone else in her life. He stands up for her when no one else will, defying the evil Duke and making Poppy feel safe in a way she has never known. He refuses to treat her like a religious messiah, and he makes Poppy question all the laws that have kept her hidden away. While Poppy and Hawk grow closer, tensions continue to
0: rise in the city as the citizens rebel against the law of giving their third and fourth children to the church. It all comes to a head on the night of Poppy's first rite, a big party when firstborn children become lords and ladies in wait. Poppy and Hawk leave the Great Hall early and end up in a clandestine embrace under a willow tree. (sighs) Poppy is ready to give in to their undeniable attraction and break every rule she knows about being the maiden, but Hawk stops things before they go any farther.
1: Upon their return to the castle, they are confronted by Victor, who chastises them both and dismisses Hawk, escorting Poppy back to her chambers himself. However, Victor and Poppy soon hear screams coming from the great hall. Dissenters have swarmed the right, and Duke Tierman is hanging from the ceiling with a stake through his heart, the Dark One's mark left in blood above him. Things quickly devolve from there as Poppy and Victor get caught in the crowd, and Victor is tragically killed by a dissenter while trying to protect Poppy. Reeling from Victor's death, Poppy snaps and murders the abusive Lord Brandol Mazine, and is soon called back to the capital, supposedly for her own safety. Hawk
0: and several other guards accompany her on the dangerous journey to the capital, including Hawk's friend, Kieran. Poppy and Hawk share more intimate moments on the way, oh yes they do, (laughs) culminating in Poppy's decision to defy all the rules imposed upon her and have sex with Hawk.
1: However, the next day brings the ultimate betrayal. Their small party is attacked by Jericho, the man who killed Rylan, and Poppy finds out that Kirin and Jericho are both wolven, werewolf-type creatures long believed to be extinct, and that Hawk Flynn is an Atlantean. While Poppy is understandably blindsided by this, Hawk explains that she was brought up with lies. Those called the Ascended are evil ones, and they are actually called vampries who drink mortals' blood to survive. They are the ones who created the craven, and the third and fourth children of the townspeople were not given in service to the church, but were instead the Vampire's food supply, and Hawk is no ordinary Atlantean. He is Prince Castile Denier, otherwise known as the Dark One, the true heir to the throne. It is also revealed that Hawk's brother, Prince Malik, is imprisoned in the temple his blood harvested by the vampires to complete their ascensions, and that Hawk intends to use Poppy to rescue his brother.
0: A whole lot of other wild stuff happens, including Poppy's attempt to kill Hawk and escape, Poppy's own near death due to an attack from Jericho, more steamy scenes with Poppy and Hawk, and the final twist that Poppy herself is an Atlantean, and her life as a maiden was one more lie told by the powerful Ascended to keep her in check until her powers were fully formed and her blood
1: could be harvested for the Ascension! Oh boy, with twist after twist, Poppy's whole life is turned upside down. Though she is still feeling angry and betrayed and trying to fight her feelings for Hawk, the book ends on a cliffhanger. Hawk decides to suspend his rescue plan and whisks Poppy off to Atlantia to get married.
0: Yes.
1: What a oh. roller coaster. I mean, just, just trying to explain all of the things that happened in this book was a true task. This book is thick,
0: okay? It's, it's thick. Just over 600 pages. Yeah.
1: In all in all meanings of the word thick.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> so where do we start? I don't I know even where know. I want to start. Go for it. <laughs> oh my god god from the first time we meet hawk i think it's chapter two where we meet him
1: yeah chapter one or chapter two. Mm-hmm. Oh my
0: god wow 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 i just can't i can't get over it i knew that he was going to be the dark one it was not a surprise to me when that happened no, just because you know yeah yeah i did not care i did not care because i enjoyed the ride getting there boy did i ever <laughs> i just wow i please someone help me out it's
1: just well i can help you out because i can talk about the things that i liked about hawk yes which is that uh he wasn't just a pretty face i felt Mm. and the way that he felt about Poppy wasn't just because of her pretty face either. Mm -hmm. I think he was a very um, observant person who noticed the things that she did, which is a very attractive trait. Mm -hmm. And he was able to see the goodness in her and the person in her when everyone else just saw this symbol, right? Everyone else just saw her as the maiden, this like Mm -hmm. unreachable, they put her on a pedestal. And he didn't do that, ever. And mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked that he treated her like a real person. I liked that he was kind, at least for the first while. I think it kind of got a little weird near the end once he was, you know, imprisoning her and they were, like, having sex on the snow, but they were mad at each other. I don't know, it got a little <laughs> muddy for me there, but I really... Yeah, very <laughs> muddy and snowy. <laughs> um, But I, I liked that He was built up to be a pretty good person, which seems like a low bar, but it's, you know, what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think the thing with him and the reason the stuff at the end didn't bother me so much along with the fact that I was really just there for their relationship. So I was like, I don't care how they feel about each other. If they're getting down, I'm like fine with it. (laughs) Um, But the reasonings he has inside himself for why he's doing all of these different things and the turmoil that he has, Mm -hmm. I felt were very justifiable reasons. I find in a lot of books like this, the inner turmoil of the characters and the main conflict of the characters is really superficial and Mm -hmm. sure usually kind of like wow this all could have been solved with a conversation and while i do think that part of this could have been solved with a conversation um mainly being i love you i love you too cool let's (laughs) move forward like that all of the other things that were happening in the book are not that simple. Yes. He's trying to protect her. He's trying to find a way to get his brother back. He's trying to find a way to get her brother back because mm-hmm. that's what she wants. He's And trying live with to, all the trauma around yeah. like what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he has his... People that he's eventually going to be supposedly ruling. Mm-hmm. So he has to think about their future and then also taking down the Ascended. And mm-hmm. so he's got a lot of plates up in the air. Yeah. And I think that the way that everything was laid out and the way that Jennifer kind of wove all of those issues together and the presentation of them specifically made me not mad about the things that i think typically i would be like Ugh, about yeah. in a book like this cuz i was <laughs> like i feel the distress and he just yes. doesn't know what to do yes oh. i think she's definitely her strength is character mm-hmm. over like fantasy imagery or like world building is not so strong at least in this first book i found but yeah. definitely characters she knows what she's doing she knows how to craft the motivations does she know how to do a character development arc? We shall see. But that's, I think, we definitely have to give her that.
0: Yeah. I have to yeah. say, I mean, I've I've read everything that is available <laughs> to me to have read. Um, <laughs> I have read, there was an, ex- or not an extended scene, it was like a bonus chapter kind of thing um, from hawk or castile because he really is a castile um from his but perspective, hawk is a better name i
1: think i don't for, care what his Cass. name is hero. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what his cute, name though. is yeah yeah
0: Cass. okay so whatever from his perspective <laughs> it was a bonus chapter from when he first meets poppy in the red pearl and so it was exactly what happened in the book, but all from his perspective. So you see, right before she comes into the room, like he was talking to Kieran and someone else, and um, and then it ends right when he leaves. And we, as we know, because we've read the book, that she does not wait for him to come back. She leaves. She doesn't right. read the Red Pearl. So reading that chapter in his perspective, was actually so interesting. And it wasn't just like, oh, my God, I love him. I want to read it. Because, yeah, there is is an element of that, but there was actually more info to gain. So I have to give props to Jennifer for that because it wasn't just some fluff, whatever. Like, there was info from his perspective that now that I've read everything, I'm just like, oh, my God, because he knew the moment he saw her at the red pearl that it was poppy it was the maiden
1: right he'd and been so, kind of following her right
0: yes and so he was like oh oh my gosh like what do i do and he just had this feeling of attraction of interest and he he says to her throughout the book like you are really not what i expected because his whole goal was to take her, to try to use her as leverage to get his brother back, right? Mm-hmm. So I just found it so interesting. that the moment he met her, he was – he, even though he was lying to her, he really was as honest as he could be – as as honest as he could have been from day right. one. And I saw all the things, all the little clues and everything, and I just – The turmoil in him, because he loves her. He's attracted to her. There's some kind of, you know, thing bubbling up inside. But he's like, I have this duty, this obligation to save my people, to to save my brother, like, all these things. And I I just find it so interesting, because there's so much conflict, you know, so many
1: layers. So, ugh. So good. Really, his whole kind of MO is like the classic, if you're gonna lie, make as much of it as truth, uh, as much of it a truth as you possibly can. So you don't get like mixed up with the lie. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he does. She says something and he's like, I'm not gonna deny it, but I'm not gonna, you know, put any extra details in And Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of the characters' like confusion with each other comes in because she he never gives a straight answer on anything, and that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of my frustration came into the book because I was like, could you just like just answer a freaking question? Oh my god, real with her, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I think um, one thing I really liked about him too, and I liked about their dynamic, Poppy and Hawk, is that they weren't like enemies to lovers. I don't think it was ever a moment where he was like the bad guy. I think we, because we could understand his motivations, we knew what was going on and he didn't even ever really do anything that bad that we saw in the book. So Mm -hmm. it was never like revealed that he's evil and you were rooting for him all along, but you as the reader were wrong. It was never that it was always, you know, you were rooting for him. You wanted him to succeed. You wanted him and Poppy to get together. And at the end, I still felt like that. Like I didn't feel like I'd been kind of led astray or tricked. I still felt like this is great. And, and, Um, I think their dynamic worked because they were both a little bit, like, uh, shaken up by the other one. And Mm -hmm. so they were off balance, but, like, trying to be, like, cool and friendly about it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just not being able to kind of deny their attraction to each other. So Mm. I, I, I really liked their dynamic.
0: Yeah, and throughout the book, like, he's trying to help guide her into figuring these things out before he has to pull the rug out from under her, you know? Yeah. Because he sees the spark of, or the seed has been planted, like, when she meets the Tuluses at the, was it, like, a a court thing? Like, people were yeah, coming to talk to. Yeah, some sort of court to. hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, why would he bring up the third and fourth child, children? Like, they just go serve the gods. Like, it's a... It's an honorable thing and then he's like well have you ever seen them after they go to the right, temples like, yeah causing so her to question like, huh. <laughs> so she starts to think about things and i just i really loved how he treated her i know <laughs> in the end you know the the jig is up she knows the truth she's like you have taken me but in reality he's treating her pretty well she's in a nice bedroom it's no it's not that much different from her life in the beginning. You know, stuck in a room, mm-hmm. she can't do certain things. Or at least he he will speak with her. He treats
1: her with dignity and respect. She doesn't um, have to wear the veil. She's allowed yes. to communicate with everybody and and he yeah. tells
0: everyone, "Don't you dare lay a finger on her." And when he takes his oath to protect her as Hawk, the guard, he doesn't say, "I'll protect the maiden." He says, "I will protect Penelope." And she's like, "Oh, that's not what he's supposed to say. But in my mind, I think he did that as, like, a personal um, mm. oath because he didn't want to say it to the maiden because she's not the maiden. And you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, she's a person. Yeah, and trying to get away from the lie because he's like, no, I don't. I'm not a royal guard, but I don't want any harm to come to her. So right. I really liked that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think the end when he... Kind of springs it on everybody. He's like, "We're not going to give her back as ransom. We're getting married. Surprise!" It's like when I picture that moment, I picture those like guns that like blast confetti, and everybody's just (laughs) sitting around being like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I was so angry at the end of the book. I was like, "Are you kidding me? What makes you think she even wants to get married? You've been so respectful of her consent the whole time." And this, anyway, sorry, go on. But with that, I especially looking back on it, just even through our conversation through the podcast, was there really ever a a good time for him to approach her about that? No. No. Because if he said, this is what we're going to do, my plan has changed, and she's like, what the fuck? Like, they ultimately, whatever, things happened in the second book, I guess I'm not going to say. But... (laughs) When he says that for I could imagine for him, it would be like, well, now's as good a time as any because I don't I don't want her like fighting me on this so hard right now. I Mm -hmm. just need everybody to know that she's going to be safe and I need her to know that she's not going to be like given back because by this point she's realizing all of the stuff that's going on with her people. Mm-hmm. so i was not mad about it
0: <laughs> no i was I mad I about it, it but it's
1: it's a personal thing i i just really hate the like marriage dangled as a trope of like now they're they're married and so everything will be you know different and and it's a logical conc- i just I, mm-hmm. I i don't like it but mm-hmm. that's just me <laughs>
0: Well, I think you'll be interested to read or see what happens in the next book. Because yeah, yeah, when I finished the first book, I was not angry. I was like, oh, what's going to happen next?" You know, because I mean, let's let's slowly slide into talking about Poppy because Poppy, she is not a wallflower. You know what I mean? She she says her she speaks her mind. She defends herself. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have all the to answers. Yes, she doesn't have all the answers, but she tries, and she's only 18, okay? Like, (laughs) she's trying her best here, but, I mean, she's not just gonna let Cass walk all over her, you know? Even though I'm like, just, 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 just trust him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just let him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, because she is very curious, but she's also very, uh, she tries to speak up for herself when she can, but again we need to remind ourselves she has led such a sheltered life and such a controlled and abusive life. Like it's not all her fault, you know? And she's slowly awakening to the system that she's been a part of, which I found very refreshing. It was not just like, Mm -hmm. Oh wow, I don't have anything to do. My life is so dull. It's like, Oh my God, like I am part of this system. And like, what the hell is that? Like that's when she's awakening and figuring out like they couldn't possibly be doing that to the the kids, right? Like, why would they do that? Like, that's that's terrible. Like, she's trying to figure it out. And I just, I really liked her. I thought she was a really fun character to read. I really enjoyed, I mean, obviously I enjoyed the steamy moments, but I really enjoyed when she was trying to talk herself out of trying to live her life. And Cass or Hawk at the time would be like, why? Why? And she would question herself too as to like, you know, if the gods are sitting here and watching me, they haven't, like, smoted me or anything. They haven't struck me down yet. So, like, is there a problem with what I'm doing? You know? Like, with sneaking out, with grabbing a book, with learning how to defend myself with um, with Victor, you know? Like, I really enjoyed her. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. reading her experience and, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, the. <laughs>
1: The character stuff in this book was really, really well thought out. And even though I personally could not sit by somebody that I loved so much and not be like, okay, I'm sorry, I just gotta tell you that I love you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like I could not hold that in. No, me neither. The way it bubbles that, out. Yeah, the way that they hold it in. But I'm sure there are people who would sit Absolutely. there and be stubborn enough to not be the first person to say it or, you know, be like, I think everybody kind of reads into things, but I would read into things and be like, I'm still going to say it because I'm going to explode. But like, so the, the reasons for everybody's actions, especially Poppy's, I really felt so... Um, like connected with because even though obviously we do not live in a society where we have maidens that walk around veiled who are going to help everybody ascend or something <laughs> but I think that everybody especially young women have feelings of being like what a what am I doing? Is this the right thing to be doing? Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to sexuality mm-hmm. and relationships, first relationships, what's okay to do, what's not okay to do. People are going to look at me different. Are people going to shame me for right. things? It might not be the gods, but it's still coming from people. And I I really connected with all of that stuff. Being like, wow, I remember feeling things like that when I was younger, too, and being Mm -hmm. concerned about what other people are going to think about my choices. Mm -hmm. Totally. I do agree with you that there was a lot to relate to in her moments of kind of inner dialogue or inner monologue, I guess. I did get a little tired of it after a while, though. I think there was too much of her just inside her head, and I think, um, just because the book is so long, it could have really cut down on a lot of that. I mean, I think the principle should be there, but I found there was a lot of repetition. Mm um especially when it came to her kind of talking herself out of like what should I do should I do this or should I do that and I'm like girl we just do one. just pick one just pick one of them it, the, the points where it really picked up for me was like the action scenes like things were happening mm-hmm. and I wasn't just in her mind all the time because mm-hmm. being in her mind I'm like I'm in my mind all the time I sound just like this I don't need to read about it because it's it's stressing me out <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I think it was just the repetition was probably you know just to show how ingrained it is because <laughs> it's her whole life right and how yeah. awful is that? And I think a lot of us have had moments like that where it's like we do go back and forth over and over and it's not so easy to break. So even though yeah. it is repetitive, I think I think that's where she was trying to go with that, which I know you understand. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to, like, get it, get it through my mind and for the listeners, you know, if you haven't mm-hmm. read the book or if you have. But, um, yeah, there's a passage – that I marked in one of my many (laughs) post-its. Oh, please read it. And I just, I really loved it. I think it explains things very well. And it is so topical for women in general, but I think, you know, for boys too, but this is pretty far into the book. This is page 436. And Poppy is talking to Hawk. She does not know that he is the dark one yet. And he is like, you know, teasing her and flirting and she she doesn't want to talk about it because she's embarrassed and she's like, I don't want to bring it up every five seconds. I, I'm not pretending that it didn't happen like us in the red pearl and the willow tree, but I don't want to talk about it all the time. And he said, he says to her, I didn't realize we were back to pretending we hadn't done all those other inappropriate things not that i'm surprised after all you're a pure untainted and untouched maiden the chosen and then she says or sorry he says to her who's saving herself for a royal husband who by the way will not be pure untainted or untouched and it's so true like Mm -hmm. women are taught you know you and i mean not always it's hopefully thankfully getting a little more progressive where it's like no you don't need to be virginal pure untouched before you get married but a lot of people still have this being told to them this rhetoric of you know you're a woman you need to act a certain way and be proper and you can't have these feelings and urges and if you do that's wrong and you know it's just it's so awful and so they're both consenting you know he says to her i will never Do anything you don't want to do. And if you tell me right away, if you don't want it and I'll stop, you know, so (laughs) I just thought that was so nice, though, because it is true. There's so much baggage and crap that people hold on to and telling women in general, (laughs) specifically women That, uh, you know, it's wrong. It's wrong to have these natural urges and feelings and you should not act on them. So I liked that part. There's many parts like that. But that part was so succinct in like, Mm -hmm. why? Why are you waiting for this when your partner probably isn't? And he's not looked down at for it, you know? So, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. If that made sense. There (laughs) were. Yeah. There were parts where I, I found I had to kind of remind myself, like, as I got later into the book and we found out about him um, being the prince and his abilities to sense her. It's not the same as her sensing people's feelings, but he can sense her like physical. He I sense, don't like, know arousal.
0: Like, He's like, I can sense when you're aroused, right?
1: Yeah, but it. Ha- I guess it has to like go to like other things too. But there's like. So many points where he's kind of like goading her or teasing her and she's like, stop, please. (laughs) And he keeps doing it because he can tell that she likes it, but she's telling him not to. And I had to remind myself often that because of this whole structure of what he is, I was like, maybe that's fine. But initially, I was like, just fucking stop, dude. She said, stop. Like, yeah. (laughs) I was just like, get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, because I just think about we all know a guy who does shit like that. And we're like, ew, you're Mm -hmm. fucking nasty. Get away from me. Mm -hmm. We all know a guy or 10 that (laughs) do shit like that. And that's kind of where I was like, I was, I was like, being reminded of moments in my life where people were doing that to me, and I did not think it was sexy. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. back up. Yeah. So when it got, like, later, and then we found that stuff out, I was willing to forgive the other things, because I was like, oh, okay, playful banter now. But before... He doesn't know that it's playful banter. It is for him, but he's just hearing her say, stop talking about this Mm. or don't do this. And that doesn't sound playful, you know? I don't know. Mm. I didn't have, I I totally understand and agree with what you're saying about we've all been there, unfortunately,
0: you know? Um, I didn't get the same sense of, or I didn't get the same feeling from that because we got her perspective the whole time and it the way it was written i felt like it was all very like teasing and nothing was actually like please stop you know um but i totally understand where that's coming from because yeah and i think if we didn't know that he had that sense we would have been like what <laughs> like you said but
1: like well and i think it comes down to um physical attraction makes or breaks some of these interactions yeah because so, if somebody was like if you thought somebody was like super hot and yep. they said something to you at a bar that was kind of like kind of a little weird you might be like mm, that's like kind of hot but if somebody that you weren't attracted to came up and said the same thing you'd be like wow what a fucking creep get away from exactly yeah. it really makes a difference and a lot you're y- able to overlook a lot of behaviors that would bother you with someone that you don't find attractive because mm-hmm. you are hoping that it leads to something. And so I think all those moments, we know that there is this like sizzling attraction between the two of them mm-hmm. that they can both feel. And so I think those moments are like mitigated by that. Yeah. Be, but we can't feel it because we're not, you know, in, in their place, oh, but I can feel it. <laughs> oh <laughs> you feel the heat
0: yes yes i can Says okay one.
1: can i quickly talk about
0: victor and tawny yeah uh, oh yeah victor every time i read this bo- every time <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> well you can every- say that <laughs> yeah yeah Every time I read this book, Victor is just so sweet, and I was never annoyed yeah. by him, which I was like, props to Jennifer again, because she just wrote him so well, and he was so caring and fatherly, and I just, when he dies, it's so sad. I yeah, was it comes so out of
1: sad. nowhere, too. Yeah, I was like, this better good. not happen. And then it did. Yeah. And I was like, no. I know. <laughs> that was she... the one thing I knew would happen. Yeah. Because I didn't suspect um, Cass being Cass. Yeah. Right. I was just like, yeah, this this hot dude, whatever, whatever. And I was like, Victor's going to die as soon as he was nice to her. And she was mm-hmm. like, Victor's like my dad. I was like. Yeah. that You're a goner. He's going to yeah. die. Yeah, Same. <laughs>
0: It's just so sad. But, you know, I do appreciate the fact that Jennifer, we're already on a first name basis. Of course. <laughs> Jennifer, she does not shy away from killing the people off because you have to That's sometimes. That's true. And yeah, I gotta kill he,
1: your darlings sometimes.
0: Yeah, and he was so sweet. And he everything he did was trying to do what he thought was best for her, even he didn't agree on it. Um, you know, the same thing with... Uh, Poppy going to help him with the cursed people or the people who were bitten by Craven to give them death with dignity and not, what did they say, like drag them out in the streets and then execute them in public? That's terrible. That's awful. So much dark stuff in this book. And I just I loved Victor. And I also really appreciated the friendship between Tawny and Poppy. I thought that was lots of fun reading their banter. It's like how we talk, you know, like, she's like, what happened at the Red Pearl? (gasps) You kissed him like all this like silly like, oh my gosh, just a nice light hearted moment, you know?
1: Yeah, that was... I I did like their friendship, but I was like, I don't know anything about Tawny. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know what her backstory is. I don't know. I forgot that she existed partway through. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it it was kind of surface level. But I guess that was kind of their friendship, too. That was the only person that she really talked to, and Mm -hmm. they had to spend a lot of boring time together. So I guess you would just kind of try and entertain yourself as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, the only description we get of her, I think, is... Poppy is kind of thinking about her, and she says, Oh, her beautiful dark skin, or something. Yeah. And that's it. The only thing we get about Tawny at all. Also, Tawny Lion is an awful name. Yeah. Bad names. There are some bad names. It's up there with Brandel Mazine. <laughs> yeah, yes. but that fits Styles me. I also really Kelly hate Penelope.
0: I like Penelope. Oh. I think it's cute. It's like no. Penelope.
1: I'm Kelly's going to name her firstborn child Penelope. No, I'm not. Because now oh you God.
0: both hate it. I'm not going to do that.
1: <laughs> just call her Poppy. It. That's I just, fine. <laughs>
0: no, because now I think of, oh, we're a Poppy on our man brand's day. And it's like, okay, great. But no. <laughs> oh. I mean, yes, we're a Poppy. That's what I'm saying. That.
1: I've never heard that song either. Oh, my gosh. I had to
0: sing it every no. year in school. Like It's because you grew up school.
1: by Ottawa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But no, yes, where are poppies? That's fine. I just mean <laughs> that song. It just, oh. But anyways, <laughs> childhood memories. Um, no, I really liked their friendship. And I think I did like the the fact that she kind of questions the friendship because she's like, I don't know if she actually is my friend or if she just feels obligated yeah. Which I'm like, because well, she's like assigned to yeah. her. Yeah, which I'm like, good for you, Poppy, because <laughs> you don't know, you know, you really don't. I'd like to think they are friends. And I mean, Tawny does say like, we're friends, but I hope that she's being sincere and not just <laughs> trying to appease her yeah. lady. Right. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we'll never know. Well, maybe we will know <laughs> at some point. Oh, I was going to talk again about how useful a glossary or, like, diagrams or some sort of relational tool would be. Because so many of these creatures and the the rules of society were mentioned, like, once or mentioned vaguely until the very end when it was, like, really clarified. But especially with the creatures, I just found they all were related in that they all had to do with blood and fangs. (laughs) And so they were, like, the Craven, the Wolven, the Atlanteans, and the Ascended. All four of them. That's four different things that I have to keep track of. Yeah. But none of them are different enough for me to actually be able to keep track of them. Yeah. And then the whole thing with the Atlanteans have golden eyes and the Wolvens have light blue eyes, but Poppy only found that it when she met them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't that have been part of the history if that's like the way to differentiate them? But because Seems the textbook lame, that she read is what the Ascended wrote, mm-hmm. for right? But wouldn't they to want know? to know?
0: Well, they thought the Wolven were extinct. And I think they're just so full of themselves. Like they think that they are the most powerful, that they're not concerned about. I guess. I wish, oh my gosh. There's so much that I wish I could say, but I can't. (laughs) Just, Just know that there will be more info talking about who each of them are, how they came to be, how it works. There is a lot more detail in the second and third books. And there's also a map in the
1: third book, so at least there's a map. (laughs) There's a map in the second book too. What?
0: I have yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's
1: one in my my ebook for it at least. Okay. Um, the thing with the the books that really got me, um, and when Tilly said earlier that you hear a lot about poppy like her inner dialogue and she just keeps going over the same thing again and again and again Mm -hmm. i really wish that would have been because i i was fine with the length of the book but i wish that it would have been replaced by some world building i'm not i don't read high fantasy um i would like to it's intimidating but there's a lot of really good like descriptive world building in those books And I was so interested Mm -hmm. in what was going on with this that I would have loved to see some of that. And because of everything that's going on, you always get the descriptions from somebody saying, oh, yeah, now I have to explain what's going on. And those passages never sound good. It doesn't matter who writes them. They don't sound good Mm -hmm. because nobody... You don't relay information to people like that. Yeah. yeah. And I really wish that she would have just taken even like four of those bigger expl- expletive chunks of dialogue and been like, I'm just going to write this in a narrative style instead. Yeah, I actually had a note that I think um, a lot of my problems would have been solved with like some flashbacks. Because Poppy talks a lot about her brother Ian, but we never actually meet him in this book. Mm -hmm. And that was really starting to bug me because I was like, I want to know what his deal is. I never met him. And I thought it would be really helpful to tell some of these stories in flashbacks, especially to the Craven attack when her parents died Mm -hmm. and maybe this happens later again I've only read the first book so but it just was a thought I had of like that would shake up the narrative style a little bit and be able to show us some things that would help us keep track of the creatures and of the storyline and all the explanations Mm -hmm. better than just hearing it from some rando who's like talking about it yeah yeah and I think we're saying a lot of um this maybe this should have been explained and this should have been explained and this should have been explained there's like 30 things that should have been explained. And I think, I understand that there's going to be six books, so there's time. But if she would have explained at least, like, two of them in the first book, I would have been more than happy with that to, like, go forward. But there was just no explanations. And when Kelly and I were talking about, like, reading the, the subsequent books, and you're saying there's not as much kind of, like, steaminess. It's a lot more world-building. Maybe it wouldn't have had to be like that if she would have taken, like, five pages in the first book and just explained some stuff, I, you know? But I think she probably didn't have it figured out yet is probably what happened, because she's yeah, maybe used to writing kind of more straight fantasy or straight romance, I mean, where it's, like, you just have to worry about the, the main couple.
0: See, I didn't mind having a lot of questions from the first book because i knew it was a series, you know? So like sure. i read the first two back to back and i was just like, okay, we're getting we're getting somewhere because i was just so taken in by the mystery of it all and of course mm-hmm. the romance cuz hello, but i just was like, "Oh my god, what? What? Like i need to know more." But i wasn't i wasn't left feeling like, "Wow, i have no idea what's happening." You know, even though there were a lot yeah. of unanswered questions. So that didn't bother mm-hmm. me as much but then the se- the second and third books have way more info. And that's where I was like, okay, I need a glossary. <laughs> because now we're starting yeah. to get more. And I'm like, whoa. And I think it is prepping me for more high fantasy reads. Because, you know, again, is this like the best written technically book? No, but it's a lot of fun. And like, even the next yeah. two books, I don't know if I would say it's like the best written books out there. But I really enjoy them. I like yeah. hearing about the world and everything, so I think I think you'll be interested in the next book or mm-hmm. two, Tilly. Because I think a lot of the things I'm you're sure saying, I'm
1: definitely yeah. invested. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't. It's I'm not saying that it like really bothered me, but because there were so many questions and just I think about like Tilly during the um, Truly Devious episode being mm-hmm. like. There was nothing answered really for me in this book, and I have to read the other two books to get any answers, Mm -hmm. and that's like, I don't care necessarily because I love the storyline and I'm obsessed with these books, Mm -hmm. but, and it's kind of the same as how you were saying your friend was like, oh, that Sarah J Mass series gets really good after the third book. It's like, do I have to really read, like, three or four books to get, like, any answers? That's, yeah. well, like, that you was do get different. answers in the
0: second book, but. That was different, though, because it wasn't even about getting answers. It was like, this is just no, not just that if great. No, just if it was bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, literally. She said to me, it gets good after the third one. I think, no, the first one of this is great. It's just, yeah, we need more oh, info, yeah. you know? Um, and I think it's, oh, sorry. No, no, go, go
1: ahead. ahead. I think it's got to do too with like the type of mood that you're in as a reader, because obviously you can read all kinds of books and they can appeal to you at all different times. And it has to do, I find personally with like, what do I want out of this reading experience? And if that's not what I get sometimes it's fine and sometimes it isn't so it's very like moody and subjective for me personally anyway Mm -hmm. so it's possible that I would read this book again I think it would be good on a reread because there's so many hints that I didn't pick up on until I know what's going on so it would Mm -hmm. probably be great on a reread and it's very possible I would read it again and not have any of these complaints because I don't know sometimes things bother you in the moment that wouldn't bother you another time because of what's like going on in your life but well I was because
0: I'm reading it for the third time and I was like putting in post-its of things I wanted to talk about or things I liked, whatever. Um, I'm picking up on all the clues of his like true identity and everything now that I'm rereading mm-hmm. it. And I love how like when they're kissing in the red pearl, they're like really getting into it, they're starting to get hot and heavy, and then she says something about like, oh, his teeth are sharp, like, or something like got me. Da, da, da. And then he pulls away and he's like, Whoa, blah blah blah, you know, because he's like, Oh no. She's going to find out that I'm not mortal, you know, but we don't understand because it's so early on. But I'm just like, oh, my God, like, because it happens again in the book where they're kissing. Mm -hmm. It's under the willow willow. tree. And then he pulls away before they get too hot and heavy because he's like, oh, my God, I don't want her to feel... My teeth. Don't want her to be all up in my mouth. Yes. So, and I think that kind of affects how he smiles too. So she's like, oh, one dimple. Mm -hmm. Oh, another one, you know, (laughs) because he doesn't want to show his
1: teeth. But, Mm -hmm. oh, oh
0: my God. Yeah.
1: Can we talk about when they're traveling? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Which (laughs) part? Like, so before I, before I read the book, Kelly had given me like a little, be like, oh, just wait for this part. They're, like, they're going somewhere, and he, like, helps her fall asleep and keep warm or whatever. And I was, like, okay. <laughs> and boy, does he ever. Wow. Oh. Like, I read it before I went to bed, and then I couldn't sleep because I was <laughs>
0: shook. <laughs> I am just, like, the way she – I need to read another one of her books to – because – the yeah. way she writes the sex scenes and also the buildup for the sex scenes. I'm just like, wow. Like all the senses. Good. Yes. Like the tension that she's building, the descriptions of how she's feeling. And oh my God. And I think, <laughs> I think the reason why, one of the reasons why I love Hawk or Kaz so much is because he's just so, this is going to sound silly because he's kind of lying to her, but he's so straightforward <laughs> With he's just like, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna do this and now I'm gonna do that, or like you look beautiful, or this is how I feel, or this is what I want. Do you want it?
1: Great. You know? I'm just like yes, yes. Yeah, we he's do. very open about talking yes. about stuff, which is And great. it's not it's not like he was doing anything that was really revolutionary with that, you know what I mean? Yeah but having somebody look you in the eye and say, I want you and this is what I want to do is mm-hmm. like yeah, it's a, it's a lot yeah it's a lot of you feelings. would swear that no one has ever done that before <laughs> in the history of ever but like people don't No. it's it's always a guessing game. Yeah. I, I don't know maybe if you're if you're really comfortable with somebody, maybe they would do that. but it's really I feel like probably rare to have that kind of um confidence with somebody and confidence that you're to first be vulnerable. Meeting to take yeah. that risk because it's always a risk to to say like i want this or i like this because it's always risky to think oh what if they don't and or what if they're like they they think i'm weird or something yeah because i and tell Hawk them is what like, i want never ashamed of that he's always very open and very direct and yeah that that's sexy yes it
0: yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> like telling telling someone what you want and not being afraid of it like hello I'm trying to find, there's one particular moment where he's like, um, she says, like, jokingly, like, I hate you. And he's like, no, you don't. And she's like, whatever. And he's like, well, I like you, too. You know, or like, I want you and I know you want me. And again, like we were saying before, like, if there was not an attraction, you'd be like, get the fuck away from me. Like, no, I don't want you. But they clearly do want each other. It is so Clear to see, you know, so yeah, yeah. Oh, wow! I I don't even know. I have so many post-its, I'm like, I can't, I can't even find. I went from like red is parts I love, and then purple are quotes I love, and then it just went into I ran out of those colors, so now it's pink, (laughs) and it's (laughs) most of the time it's hawk, you know. (laughs) I almost. Forgot to mention the abuse that Poppy has to
1: endure oh, from yeah. the
0: Duke and Lord Mazine.
1: Oh, oh yeah, my
0: God, just that so really upset me. Yeah, yeah, it's very traumatic. So. Awful. And, you know, not even just the physical abuse, but the emotional and psychological where mm-hmm. he, you know, he always tells her that she's ugly and that, you know, her face is ruined and such a shame and all this crap. But he also brings in Lord Mazine to be party to the abuse and help him and also makes her take her veil off, which is supposed to be a religious uh, garb. And that no one is supposed to see her except for a very few select people for safety reasons. And he makes her take it off so that he can see her face while she's being abused. And I was just like, oh my god. Like, it was just so awful and heartbreaking. And then the fact that nobody helps her and she's just Mm -hmm. stuck in this vicious cycle of abuse... And then Hawk comes in, and because of his past, he is like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? That's not okay. I don't care who they are, you know? And he takes matters into his own hands, and he kills the Duke with the cane that he used to beat her. He drives it through his heart, and
1: I was like, ho, 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 wow. 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 Yeah, I also cheered out loud when Poppy like sliced (gasps) Lord Mazine's head from his shoulders. Right. I was like, holy moly, I've never been so excited about a murder. Yes, and not (laughs)
0: even just his head. She makes it last, she makes it count. She takes his arm, then his hand, and then his head. Wow. Cause she's like, take your arm, and then take the hand that like touched me, and that like, like when she was being abused, that stroked her. Oh. And then she takes his head. That's pretty. That's, a, fucking that's one sharp
1: sword, baby. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I found the the when they're talking about all of the stuff that they did to her, the scene specifically. So she has her arms like crossed over her breasts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she has like one hand down and one arm all over her, I guess. And the Lord comes and pulls her hand down and puts it on the table. And that made me so upset, like, so much more upset than the actual, like, beating (sighs) itself. Yeah. Just that, like, degradation of somebody Mm -hmm. to the point where they can't even um, be any any kind of, like, modest or, like, comfortable with themselves while they're being hurt Mm -hmm. and preyed upon. And that really just, like... It hurt me so much. And after she kills um, Lord Mazine and she's just, like, literally hacking at him with the sword, and Hawk pulls her back, and she's, like, fighting, and she's just, like, breaking down. And I was like, oh, my God. I know. I was, like, really teary for that part, because I just, yeah. I, I could feel how angry you would have to be to do that to somebody and like how much of a release that would be. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, to do that. And it was
0: all um, brought on from Victor's death because he was laughing mm-hmm. about right. it. And so yeah. in a way it wasn't just the
1: major snap. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it was for her, but it was really for Victor too, because she was like, how mm-hmm. dare you? Like, you don't even deserve to be here at all, you know, which is what she says at one point. She's like, you know, you don't have a scratch on you. And all these people are fighting to protect you. What for? Why are you worthy? You know, why are any of us Mm -hmm. worthy? And I, oh my God, it's just so interesting to me. Like even the romance aside, there's so many interesting topics in here. You've got feminism, you've got uh, religion and state, you know, and you've got
1: the, uh, you've
0: got racism, you've got um, uh, oppression, you know, like, oh my God. God, it there's so much in here. It's wow. <laughs> That's why she's yeah. thick. There's so much in here.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot about the the Duchess too when mm-hmm. um, you, we like talk about that specific part and the abuse that Poppy took when um, the Duchess says, "Don't think about them anymore," because I'm not. Yeah, and she said, "I don't know how I would have been like so foolish to think that." he wouldn't do these things to his own wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And even though she is not a good character, I mean, she knew what was going on, but also at the same time, you can think about in a realistic situation like that, if somebody was being abused and they knew that other people were being abused, they would also probably keep quiet because you don't want to get it worse, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I did feel bad for her as well, even though I have conflicting feelings about feeling bad for her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had the same kind of feeling because I was like, wow, she, I mean, I had a moment of like, oh, badass, where she's like, no, you're not going to be punished. Why, why do you think you should be? Okay, great. I don't want you to think Mm -hmm. about them ever again. Let's move on, you know? I kind of yeah. liked that, but I was also like, wow, this is a lot. And I don't even like you, but I feel bad for you in this moment, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, oh, just so sad. So sad. There's so much. Yeah, I have some blue post-its for sad or scary. Most of it is not. <laughs> Most of it is the <laughs> romance section, <laughs> which we got we to gotta briefly go into, even though we've touched on it. You die. <laughs> i just want to talk about some of the romantic scenes quickly and then we'll do go for it quotes and end <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so we've already talked a little bit <laughs> throughout this episode about the romance and the steam and i just want to ask both of you what was if i may what was your favorite romantic moment in the book
1: I think um under the willow tree yeah,
0: it was, was probably
1: it was probably the most basic one but I have an obsession with like new love mm-hmm. and like <laughs> that you want to but you can't because there's like other people or you have to go or like things like that and that was like I love the, like, building tension of being like, oh, we'll have to continue this next time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just, I loved that. I really did. But I am also, like, a pretty big fan of um the traveling scene. Because, <sighs> wow.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, also, did you get, like, Robin Hood vibes from Under the Willow Tree? Like, I was thinking of... no okay well just hear me out because it's definitely not the same sure no
1: but i didn't feel it but i'd love to hear about you did it
0: reminded me of the animated robin hood like the fox one Mm -hmm. um when
1: the only one that matters yeah
0: (laughs) after um is it after they get married when they're singing like a pox on the phony king of england and robin and Mm -hmm. marion kind of sneak away and they go to like a little pond oh, yeah and like the nice leaves yeah. and everything it just reminded me of that because it was like a a hushed like quiet dark i mean dark in the sense of like no light is present like moonlit moment you know um but yeah i thought it was funny how she was like how can you see and he's like oh i have good i have good eyesight <laughs>
1: like, yeah she's like oh I well can't see come on poppy you should have realized <laughs> yeah and he like yeah pulls i her also onto his
0: lap like
1: Wow. yeah, yeah. oh on. my god i just found um what i highlighted for um <laughs> the scene when they're traveling oh god so i just i just highlighted the line they have no idea that i'm touching you and like i was like oh my god i know because when you kind of initially told me about Oh, this is gonna happen. So, like, keep reading, even if you think the writing's not good right now, because this is gonna, this thing's gonna happen later. This ominous thing. And I was like thinking they were gonna be in a carriage or something, not just like laying there with all of these people around that can totally sense and smell like everything. <laughs> smell. That's like, oh, well they say like i can smell your arousal yeah. and stuff so like they know exactly what's going on and, and they can probably like hear him talking to her she was I would staring. have been staring at Kieran too cuz he sounds great. <laughs> like, there was one point about where Kieran was like in at the very end at the like the house they were in and she was like about to go have a bath and he like walks in Kieran walks into the bathroom and she's like what would what would Cass think if he saw you here and Kieran was like well at first he'd be annoyed but then he'd be intrigued I and I was know. like oh my god wow it's all coming together I'm, they're all coming together more like I'm, I'm okay so we can go excited about. for when they do <laughs> oh my god Timmy. I love yeah, it. yeah um I think what was nice about the willow scene too was that it was I think the first time that poppy literally said hawk kiss me yes where she made a demand she was direct about her feelings and that was great because it was a point where she had decided that she wanted to take a direction for her life to go in rather than just blindly follow what she had been brought up to believe. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a uh, quote I want to read about that. So maybe could I just do that now? because yeah. It's kind of related. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what page number it was because I read this as an yeah. as a ebook and as a, who knows, but it was pretty late, pretty late. I think it's right before they have sex for the first time. Mm. And Poppy says, I was reclaiming my life, and it had started long before him, when I demanded to be taught how to fight, when I made Victor include me when he went out to help the cursed. Those were significant steps, but there had been smaller ones along the way in a way, they were even more important. I'd been changing, evolving, just like the gift I was forbidden to wield, but remained determined to use. It was in every adventure and risk that I took. It was in my desire to experience what I'd been told was not for me. Mm -hmm. So in this whole thing, she's already, she's kind of realizing that I already had this in me. I already had this rebellion, and I already didn't want to change, or I didn't want to stay the same. I wanted to change. And Hawk didn't Introduce new ideas. He just helped her discover what she already had, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we didn't have that annoying, like, oh, this guy came in and changed my life. Like, he was just kind right. of there at the right time because she was already on her way. Yeah. Which, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Love it. Love it.
1: Yeah. And my note to that is just like, yes, girl. <laughs> like, yes! yes, you are, you are changing your own life. And this guy just happens to be there. He's going to have fun with you and it's all great. But you are, the, you are the son. <laughs> yes
0: and i i gotta say the willow tree scene is more sensual and like potentially tender because it is coming from a place of like we know each other a bit now and i'm actively choosing for this to happen even though there's all these consequences the first scene in the red pearl i do love um but it's definitely more like passionate like who are you what's happening like what is this you Mm -hmm. know um and i just wanted to mention briefly i kind of love the part where he like finds the dagger and he's like what what is this and then he throws it into the mattress like stabs it down and he's about to like you know basically maul her with his mouth (laughs) and then (laughs) kieran knocks on the door and she's like (gasps) you know (laughs) But I could just see it in my mind, like a movie of like, what's this? Oh, this is really interesting, you know? And like, (laughs) he just slams it down. Oh, my God. Wow.
1: (laughs) I would die. (laughs) So
0: let's get into our quotes. I don't, I'm going to have to see which one I want to (laughs)
1: pick. I feel I already read the one that I wanted to read, if that helps you. If you want to pick a couple. Okay. I'll read mine now, then. Okay. Great. Um, this takes place in the middle-ish of the book. I can't remember exactly, like, what's going on, but they're arguing as per usual. <laughs> and she says, I'm the maiden hawk. I reminded him, or myself, I wasn't sure, and I don't care. My eyes flew open in shock. I can't believe you just said that. I did, and I'll say it again. I don't care what you are. Hawk's hand slid off my back. A moment later, I felt his palm flatten against my cheek with unnerving accuracy. I care about who you are. Oh. Oh, gods. And that's just, like, so sweet.
0: <laughs> I have a really Ugh. quick one to read before I find. Oh, maybe
1: that was during the Willow scene? Uh, I don't know. They're all blending together in- for me at this point. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to remember. I think think it was
0: i think it was because i think that's why she's like i want you to kiss me you know um
1: oh but yeah just like oh yeah hawk kiss me please yeah that yeah so that's when they're (laughs) under the tree and i just like so cute page page 60
0: there's a really short quote that gave me princess bride vibes it says hawk stared at me tell me that you'll wait for me princess (laughs) <laughs> okay
1: I'm so sorry I hate that he calls her princess
0: <gasps> see normally I hate it normally I would be the same as you but I just I don't know I love it okay I he calls
1: it. her sweetling close to that's the beginning cute. of the book and it makes me want to barf I literally oh, put I barf that with one. a barf emoji <laughs> because I was like that's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like it though Tilly <laughs> yeah but I don't like princess so you know tit for tat yeah like, it for the princess thing bothered me at first. I was like, right. ew, that's, like, a condescending, like... Yeah, because he meant it kind in a sarcastic of, way. Like, you're, you're so demanding and yeah, high-minded. I, oh, but see, okay, I'm coming from...
0: <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I always thought it was cute because he treats her like a queen kind of thing, you know, like, later on. And then when we find out that he's a prince... He's been calling her princess this whole time. Like he wants
1: to get with her. Okay, like I <laughs> pet dig names it. are hard, though. I, Some yeah. people, yeah. Sometimes it's like they're they're just very subjective.
0: Oh yeah, because if I was called princess in real life, I'd be like, ew. What? I'd punch someone yeah. in the face. Right? Yeah. You're like, don't you ever call me that again.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> if it was Hawk, you'd be like, yes, my prince. Oh my god. He yeah. could say
0: or do pretty much anything, and I would be like, great. You you intrigue me.
1: <laughs> oh, he, he said, said that it so way too many, many times. times. Way too many times. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like we get it. We She's wish intriguing. we got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was there was one line that I wanted to read, and I forget where it is now. Oh oh, this is just a, a small moment of like, okay, Tawny, I see you. Where? <laughs> <laughs> hang on they're like talking about hawker and poppy and like what do you think is going to happen like do you like him like what's going on they're just having like a little girl moment and uh, tawny said my hormones are always clouding my rational thought thank you very much and i said (laughs) same (laughs) Same i highlighted a a quote from that line too i won't read it but basically she's like oh my god you kissed him what and i just put kelly (laughs) to <laughs> because it just reminded me of you freaking out about something like that i was like that's totally what kelly would sound like
0: hey but there's a part okay i'm gonna read this section i i was like should i read it no i'm gonna read it it's nothing scandalous i was just like wow this is me to a t and this is why i need to play poppy if there's ever a movie adaptation <laughs> okay we're convinced you don't need to convince us <laughs> oh i'm convincing the ether the world <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jennifer, if you're listening, Jennifer, we found your poppy. Please, I I have
0: a small scar in my face. Um, okay, so this Perfect. is this is early on. This is page sixty three, and she's talking to Tawny, and uh, she says. Yes, I don't like the idea of, and Tawny interrupts her, being knocked out senseless. It's really not that bad, Poppy. You, you rest very deeply, and honestly, with as little sleep as you manage, I think it would be good to at least try. The mere idea of taking something that would put me in such a deep sleep that it would take an army marching through my chamber to wake me made me sweat. I would be rendered completely helpless, and that was something I would never allow to happen. So... <laughs> My husband knows I will never take a sleeping pill. I hate flying. I am terrified and people are like, just take something and you'll calm down. I'm like, I need to be alert, okay? No, you're not going to put me to sleep. So I'm like, I am Poppy. I'm like, no, I will not take a drug to put me out to calm down to to get some sleep. No, 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 no. I need to be alert because what if shit hits the fan? Okay, what am I going to do? I don't know. But I can't do anything if I'm fast asleep. Okay, so I got you, Poppy. I got you. <laughs> I think I'm going to probably end it there because I don't even know what I want to read. This book I could just talk and talk and talk for hours about. So is there any It's yeah. definitely, it
1: was a great suggestion for the podcast because there's a lot to talk about. Yes. So even though there were things that were like bothering us or things that we really loved or things that we didn't love, there was just so much, there's so much there. There's so <laughs> Yeah. Much.
0: I can't wait for you both to read the next book book or the next books i'm so excited for the companion series oh oh my god if you enjoyed this and want to hear more from us you can head over to our social media accounts to keep up to date on all things byob stay tuned after this to hear the first line of our next read mexican gothic a historical horror mystery by sylvia moreno garcia see you next time and until then keep on drinking
1: in great stories cheers Next time on BYOB, the Bring Your Own Book podcast. The parties at the Tunyans' house always ended unquestionably late, and since the hosts enjoyed costume parties in particular, it was not unusual to see Chinas Poblanas with their folkloric skirts and ribbons in their hair arrive in the company of a harlequin or a cowboy.